You know I'm gonna get you, yeah, whatever it takes to And hello! Hi there, welcome back to the Basement Talk Podcast. I am Bird, that is Jake. Jake, it is Super Bowl week. It's also trade deadline day in the NBA, we'll be talking about that. And I have a little bit of a surprise for you. It may break your heart, or it may just be the happiest thing that you hear, depending on which side of the coin that you are on. So first, first of all, how are you, sir? Living, you know, definitely that is uh, always a positive and yes, you know, uh, it's pretty much it. <laughs> living, living is, is definitely a, a, a good thing. Um, so nice weather we're having lately. Gotta say, except for Saturday, it's weird. You know, Saturday was like 10 degrees and then last two days, it's like 50. Go outside and play golf if you really wanted to. If I, I was about, cause I've, I've had a little bit of, uh, I've had a little bit of the afternoon off. I was this close at three o'clock from just taking like an eight iron onto the golf course and just and just taking some swings. I was this close. I would have. I'm trying to get out of here. I'm not out of here, but I'm trying to get some time very soon to hit the range or go to the course. Something. Of course, we're, swung, we're we're a month away. Haven't swung a club in since I think October, mid October. Yeah, I think, I that's, that's that's for me to cut off. Yeah, that's normally that's normally what I do, but I was able I got my winter rounds in in in, in Puerto Rico. There you go. There which you was go. which was nice because I I mean I now know and those and those are also my three best rounds of the year that I played in 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 December. But now it's all right. I got to be able to to find that again. Hear that? Yeah, for sure. And hopefully, and hopefully, I'll be I will be able to find it. Uh, but we are going to be talking about. NBA trade deadline. We were going to do this show strictly based on Super Bowl, and we are going to be doing a Super Bowl preview. Um, and then we're going to be doing, of course, our bets. So for all the betters out there, stay tuned to the end of the show. We will be giving you some some of the lines that Jake and I like, and perhaps we'll be throwing a, uh, a nice wager on uh, for the Super Bowl. Um, but we're going to be doing something, actually, that I saw um, – that I saw somebody else do, and I forget who it was off the top of my head. So apologies that I can't give this person credit um, right right off the bat. But uh, everyone will be able to go and find it because it's, it's it's pretty out there. But since we didn't do a fantasy show this week, we're going to do a little fantasy, a little bit, but for NFL free agency. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put two things together. So a pending free agent or a pending trade candidate obviously there's one that i might be talking about but we'll, we'll he'll he'll be in here and if it's basically titled if blank goes to blank then blank happens so for example if joe montana goes to the tampa bay buccaneers then blank happens and you have to identify what that blank is from a fantasy perspective that makes sense uh, I'm yes, yeah, it does. Okay, so the first one, the first one that I've come up with, and this is the one obviously that I've uh, built towards, as he is on his spiritual retreat this weekend, trying to figure out what he is, uh, what he's going to do with his isolation. Life. <laughs> hey, I, I, spending I, I time in the dark, <laughs> you know. I would love my isolation, I, so I, I don't blame Mister Rogers. But if Aaron Rodgers goes to the New York Jets, then blank will happen from a fantasy perspective, Jake. Garrett Wilson will be a top 15 fantasy wide receiver easily. I think he was the wide receiver 21 this year. I think so. That's don't about right. Quote, yes. Off the top of my don't head. Don't quote yes, me on that. Right. Wide receiver 21 this year with three quarterbacks, one of which was close to an NFL level. The other two were not even close to playing at an NFL caliber level from a starter. With Aaron Rodgers, I, I I just don't see how Garrett Wilson doesn't take a giant leap. And I think, honestly, top 15 might be selling him really short because if you look at all the rookie receivers from last year, as, as much as I respect Chris Olave from New Orleans, none of them really looked as good as Garrett Wilson did. And that's Agreed. with nobody throwing him the ball. So Agreed. not even in the offense, really, for, for like the first like month. It was weird. Um I mean, he but, had one of his best games of the season with Joe Flacco in week two against the Browns. 
And yeah, he kind of disappeared a little bit after that, though. Yeah. But and then week one, he barely got on the field for some odd reason. Yeah, um, four catches, I think, and something like that against the Ravens. Yeah, a lot of garbage time though at the end of the game. You got to remember the Jets were going to smoke that game. But I just don't see how Garrett Wilson is not the biggest beneficiary of Aaron Rodgers in fantasy. I, you know, and I think Rodgers will be fine. Top top fifteen ish guy. I think definitely an upgrade from last year. But I, I'm not necessarily – I'm not there yet with Rodgers to where he's my QB1, set it and forget it. I think those days might be over with him. But from a Garrett Wilson perspective, I'm in. Now, when you say top 15, are you drafting him as a top 15 receiver or will he finish as a top 15 receiver? I would draft him as a top 15 receiver, and I think he's going to finish as one. Okay, because mine, mine was going to be that I would draft Garrett Wilson as a top 20 Receiver, I don't know if I'm at around, I'm at about 15 yet, but 20, absolutely no doubt about it. Um, you took my Garrett Wilson one. Another one that I was going to say is that Garrett Wilson will have double digit touchdowns next year. You took that one, so I'm I'm going to go with maybe the other guy, the other forgotten guy in all of this. Brees Hall will have over 1,000 yards, and he'll have double digit touchdowns next year. I, I listen. I definitely hope you're right. Not sure if Brees Hall starts the season. That That is also the big caveat to that, yes. And also, just by thinking out loud to myself fairly recently and just looking around the league at other people, keep an eye on Aaron Jones to the Jets if he gets cut by the Packers. He's due $14 million. Green Bay's cut, uh, pressed against the cap, reuniting with Nathaniel Hackett. Not saying if – I think with or without Rodgers, he could be a candidate – to maybe join the Jets because I think they're going to be in the market for a veteran running back uh, because I don't think they could bank on Brees Hall. Michael Carter really took some steps back last year. Big time, big time, especially as the year went on. And Michael Carter was supposed to be the guy after Brees went down. And of course he was going to be, he was going to be in a committee still, but I just, it just didn't work out that way. But keep your eye on Bam Knight. Keep your eye on a veteran, though. And I, I think Jones makes a little bit of sense with Hackett. And Hackett loves to use the multiple running backs. Okay, so let's go to the next one. If Dalton Schultz signs with the Detroit Lions, then blank will happen. I mean, status quo. Really, I mean, he takes a hit. Then he would finish where did he finish this year at the end of the year, Dalton Schultz? Dalton Schultz at the end of the season, if I could just pull up his finish very quickly, I believe he was the tight end five or six. Which is crazy. I mean, it sums up how bad the position is. I, I, I think if he goes to the Detroit Lions, it is a lock. He does not finish inside the top six tight ends in fantasy next year. I mean, we saw TJ Hawkinson play better when he left Jared Goff. Very interesting. Very interesting. I hate it for I, him. I think Dalton Schultz is going to go to the Chargers, if you ask me. If you want to put my smart money. I'd love that. Like, I would. Oof, I'd really, really love that. Uh, and for just to check myself on Dalton Schultz, he was the tight end nine. Okay. Tight end nine did I not have see. a game over 100 yards all year and had five touchdowns. So really, really in. Honestly, I mean, Dalton Schultz was kind of a bust, kind of. He was. He was a bust until the end of the year. But I would not dra- draft him as a top six tight end, which probably he will be drafted as next year. Let's just be honest here. Well, because if, of how thin the position is, yeah. Because of how thin the position is. I wouldn't – I'm not that interested in him. So that I think he finishes outside the top six, wouldn't draft him as such. I um, think it would be a really bad fit for him. If Josh Jacobs signs with the Chicago Bears, then blank happens. Chicago Bears have a ton of cap space. Not sure if David Montgomery going back there is the best bet. Uh, Khalil Herbert could be the guy there to take over. But maybe Matty Berflus wants a wants a guy that had that led the league in touchdowns for uh, this year. No, sorry, that was Jamal Williams. He was second in the league in touchdowns. Um, but yeah. Josh Jacobs, Chicago Bears. I don't love it. I don't love paying running backs. I don't think it ever works. Um, I think Josh Jacobs will lose people fantasy leagues next year after if he goes to the Chicago Bears. I mean, obviously there are some fits where 
it's pretty hard to bust in. But with Justin Fields pretty much as the primary rusher for the Bears, I don't love that for Josh Jacobs at all. So I, I will put he will finish outside the top 10 fantasy running backs next year. He's a fade for me early on. I, would, I was going to say he'd be a bust. He'd be a bust. Now let me flip. let me flip it on you and let me present you with this one. If DeAndre Hopkins goes to the Chicago Bears, then blank happens. <sighs> That's tough, man. It's a very tough one. For what it's worth, I think DeAndre Hopkins is going to go to the Cleveland Browns, but um, if he goes to the Bears, unfortunately, I have to fade. I wouldn't automatically fade him. I would look to avoid him, but... This is the lowest his fantasy outlook will be for his entire career. He will be drafted the lowest he's been in his entire. He'll, he'll be drafted later than he was last year when he when he was suspended for five games. I think. Sure. Sure. I think so. Uh, let me see. There's two more that I wanted to to say. I want to choose between one. Actually, no. We'll do we'll do both of them very quickly. Um, if Lamar Jackson goes to the Atlanta Falcons, then blank will happen then Kyle Pitts will finally fulfill his promise as a top three fantasy tight end. Uh, I would say Lamar Jackson would go, would go back to being that dual threat rushing extraordinaire. He's got to stay healthy though, man. He That's, does. And that I, offensive I, line is a sham. Offensive line is a sham. I, I don't, I don't like that fit for him. I really don't. I mean, I get it. I see the comparisons all over the place. Michael Vick and, Arthur Smith and well, no, 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 very, very, very clear. Michael Vick will still be the greatest Atlanta Falcon quarterback. I don't want to hear otherwise. Michael Vick is great. I mean, Matt Ryan did lead them to the Super Bowl, but still, um, and won an MVP. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I, I, but I think Kyle Pitts is the biggest beneficiary to Lamar Jackson. Um, and I'd be way back in on Kyle Pitts next year. And the last one, if Tony Pollard leaves Dallas, then blank will happen. Dallas will draft a running back very high in the draft. Probably Bijan Robinson, but honestly, don't sleep on the Philadelphia Eagles getting Bijan Robinson with their first first round pick. They have the who is whose pick they have? I think it's the Saints first round. The Saints first round pick, yes. I can see them doing that. They don't have a ton of holes. Miles Sanders is a free agent. Yeah, and to kind of stick it to uh, to Dallas, yeah, I definitely, I definitely can't see it. The only thing is, would it be too high? Would it be too high? And and do they draft necessarily to just go crazy on a position that they have strength and numbers in, and just kind of give some younger options in there? Um, I I would say that it depends on where Tony Pollard would go. Um, I think one of one of the options that does make some level of sense considering they have a need for this position would be the Carolina Panthers. So I would say it's not the best fit in the world. Yeah, it's there's weird. a need there. There is a need there. Um, I, for one, do think that he gets tagged. I think that if there's a guy that's going to be tagged, there's Tony Pollard. You got to look at his situation health wise and say, what's the deal there. Um, but I would say Tony Pollard, you're, I would say Tony Pollard would probably, probably be looked at as a top, 15 to 20 running back. And I don't know if I would draft him at that cost. What's the cost this year for running back nine mil for a franchise tag. Uh, he, he, the franchise tag is about 10 and change. Probably. I don't know if he'd get that per year annually, maybe, but it, it really depends. It really depends. I mean, let me just look. I'm not sure he'd get that. Uh, I don't know. Would you say that it was more of a chance that he would have gotten that before the injury? I'm not sure. He's more of like a three for 24 type of guy. Sure. Sure. And then maybe with the, with, right. the option, with the option for, for, for a further year. Yeah, it, it's possible. Let yeah, me just but the see. way those NFL contracts are, you probably have to pay him for two years and then the third year you can get rid of him with no, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Depends yeah, on the guaranteed money. Um, But still. Yeah, okay. I mean, I guess they can franchise tag him. How about a one-year prove-it deal for Dallas so they can use their franchise tag on someone else? Maybe that makes sense. It could make sense, but at 25 years old, Tony Pollard will see this is the opportunity for him to get a big payday after having a— Somebody's uh, going to give him a multi-year deal. Yeah, I would probably I would probably think that, you know, it, your estimate is probably right, that he's probably an eight, 
per year guy. Um, if a team came in on the open market and he's not tagged and he gets offered eight and a half, nine, that probably wouldn't surprise me either. Yeah. So I think honestly, and watch the Miami Dolphins in the running back market. They're going to be aggressive. Sure. sure. I mean, they were riding with Jeff Wilson and, and Raheem Mostert. They could be they could be a, a team that looks to potentially in the middle of the draft take a running back and a la Davion Pierce from a year ago. We'd be talking about a guy that's going round two, round three as a potential star when he's uh when he's winning the running back job for the Miami Dolphins come week four, week five, whomever that guy is going to be. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the trade deadline. Uh, we got to rip off the bandaid for uh, our Brooklyn Nets fan over here. Jake, how are we, uh, how are we feeling that the team is, I'm, I'm not going to jump on the bandwagon like most Knicks fans are and saying that the Nets are completely done and rebuilding because I don't think that they are. Um, I think this is more of a kind of, Get to the end of the season, you make it to the playoffs, awesome. If you don't, then you kind of retool for the summer. But what's the what's the vibe like in uh in Brooklyn right now? Let me tell you, I'm not gonna lie to you, it sucks. Definitely sucks. I'm not trying to sugarcoat it anytime you lose a guy like Kevin Durant. Kyrie, it is what it is. I was fine with losing him. It was just it was just becoming much more of a headache. Definitely sucked to lose Durant of the three guys. But let me tell you, man, a lot of times in the NBA, particularly superstars leave and the teams get them guys, right? We've seen it in Cleveland with LeBron. We've seen it in Golden State, although it was a sign and trade with D'Angelo Russell. I get it's a little different, but Oklahoma City with Kevin Durant. Um, you, you know what I'm talking about. Superstars leave. Teams don't get nothing. So it definitely could be worse. And also the Nets, they tried, man, you know. They went for it, and I'm going to be completely honest with you. If it wasn't for a once-in-a-lifetime global crisis, they're probably still all playing ball together. Well, let's be honest. Kyrie, there's no vaccination. There's no global raid at the state. I'm not going to get political here on you, but it's a shame they took their swing. Would I do it all over again? Absolutely. I think a lot of times fans get very caught up with the end result rather than enjoying the ride, if that makes sense. I've been a net fan my whole life, bro. And those were the three best years I've had rooting for this team. They got to play on Christmas, TNT. We've never gotten to do that. So would I take it back? No. But and and then you look at the pieces that the team got for Durant. Yeah, they probably could have gotten more if they started a bidding war, but they probably wanted to do right by him because he was easy to work with, unlike the other guy they shipped off and they didn't ship him to where he wanted to go. Um, so they probably took a little bit less. Oh, well, I, I still think they got back a very solid player, Mikhail Bridges, who, by the way, is playing really well this year. I don't know if you've looked at Mikhail Bridges. He's really starting to ascend. He's start. You're starting to see a little bit of development in his game, particularly from the offensive end. We all know he's a defensive player of the year candidate. So the pieces they have, it's setting them up nicely. I wouldn't say great or anything like that, but, it could be a lot worse for net bands and hey, we just have to see what happens. Well, I think the rest of the season will be a good indicator on on what the direction of this team is going to look like. I think if they have a competitive end to the season, I think you'll see a lot more moves to take the net to you, try to get back into that realm, if that makes sense, and or at least try to. I'm not saying they will, but they they will be active in doing so. But if this team just goes into the tank, it's all right, we got to stock up on draft picks, even though we don't have our own, but they can't tank. But it's sell pieces for draft picks, get assets, and gear up. Because let me tell you something, the later portion of those trades, like 20, it sounds ridiculous, but bro, we're gonna, let's be honest. Me and you, we're going to be sitting here in 2027 probably. Right? I, it's going to be here before you know it. Did you think it was going to be 2023 in, in 2020 during COVID? Fuck no. So... It sounds ridiculous, but 2027 and 2029, they have some very appealing assets. Like, you know, that Luke, that that pick that Dallas gave them, I don't think people realize how valuable that pick is going to be. Well, and, Luke, I, and, I, and I also think, too, we saw with a lot of trades that happened during the deadline, just in, in general, that in two years, the league is going to start to crack down on draft pick trading and they're going to yep. limit 
how many picks you could trade during the course of a calendar year. So we've just been seeing picks just being used and traded like their their Yu-Gi-Oh cards or something. Um, I don't hate the Nets tearing it down, retooling, trying to regroup because we talked about this last year and we we're talking about the Knicks and the Knicks, I think, are in a very similar position where they could have had, there was talk throughout the day that potentially Zach Levine could be going to the Knicks and then there was talk that R.J. Barrett could have been on his on his way out. But is Zach Levine really a guy that would have changed the Knicks' fortune? Like, is a backcourt of, or a three, or whatever you want to call it, of Jalen Brunson, Zach Levine, and Julius Randle, is that really a, cont- like, a true contending no. trio? No, not really. Like if you okay, if you were to put, you would go you would go to a team that could win the first round first round of a playoff series, real realistically, and then you could probably run into a Milwaukee, Philly, probably not Boston, but maybe Boston. Who knows? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I still think I still think that the Knicks ceiling probably is with the moves that that Brooklyn made. They're not as strong as they were. The Knicks probably have a ceiling to be a four or a five seed in the East and to potentially win a playoff series. But once, if they do, by the grace of God, if they do do that, and then you're then you're faced with having to go up against either the Celtics, the Bucks, the Seventy Sixers, that's that's a that's a pretty daunting task. I agree, and that's why I think they they were smart not going after Zach Levine. Also, the difference between the Knicks and the Nets, it's, it goes, I think the Nets can easily change course and go in one or two different ways where I think the Knicks are, I don't want to say stuck, but you see what I'm saying here? No, I, it, I think they're, they're in quicksand. Like the, like Mikhail Bridges is an appealing asset. You know, you Bridges is enticing because you can either trade him for draft picks or young talent, or if a star becomes available. He, as we've seen fairly recently, he's a very good, all right, here's the salary. And he's also got a ton of upside. You see what I'm saying here? Sure. And, and you know, Cam Johnson, they'll probably uh, match any offer. He's another guy, young guy, 25 years old. Whereas with the Knicks, it's, you know, Julius Randall's how old now? Like 28. I want to say 28, 29. Yes. He's been in the league forever. He's not getting any younger. Um, you know, Brunson's a guy they don't really want to treat. You're not trading Jalen Brunson, obviously, right? No, no. You know, Mitchell Robinson, how appealing of an asset is he? To some, he could be appealing, but... Not really, though. Not if you're trying to land, like, a star cal. You don't really hear him in those conversations. No, 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 no. He's, and, he's, and then he's not RJ, a guy that uses a centerpiece in a trade for a star. And let's just face it, with, with R.J. Barrett, bro, it, is the value the same as it was a year ago? I would say... Probably not. Uh, lesser, lesser. But uh, the the thing with the thing with RJ too is that he's always going to be compared to to Zion and then to John Morant. I mean, obviously John Morant's in a, in a league of his own, but who has gotten a better, a better class. return? Who's not been Darius Garland in that class? Sure, sure. Also, that's also a very very good point. But when you look at you look at Zion, you look at RJ. Have the Knicks gotten a better return out of R.J. Barrett than the Pelicans have gotten out of Zion Williamson? I would argue yes. It's it's debatable. We'll see how it goes. I mean, Zion made the all-star team this year. Uh, absolutely. You see, I get what you're saying, though. Um, but it's just another thing. It's very concerning how it's been going with R.J. lately. Like, Tibbs is benching him lately. Like, he's supposed yeah. to be – this is supposed to be R.J.'s team at this point. Correct. Whereas those guys – even with Donovan Mitchell in Cleveland, you get the sense that it's still Darius Garland's team in a sense. Like Darius Garland brought him to Cleveland. You know, right. that's John Morant's franchise. Everything happens through Zion in New Orleans. And then there's there's RJ. It's, you know, it's kind of like a, a, a supporting actor still. So, and, and, and one little, yeah, I'm sorry. No, sure, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, finish. Let me tell you something. I think RJ is going to be compared not only to those guys, but in New York, I think Cam Thomas is going to, uh, let me tell you, I've seen a lot of good things from Cam Thomas. Like, let me tell you, I wouldn't be shocked if Cam Thomas is the Nets' best player in a year or two. He's he's a bucket. I I think I think RJ when you when you're looking at him, I think if you were to put RJ on any team in the league, and you have one star 
around him, he's a very, very good complimentary piece. I don't think he's like a second scoring option, though. No, I think I think at best he's a third. Yeah. He's an elite it, third best scoring option, which is fine. Which, and which he's is inconsistent. Fine. And he's inconsistent, too. Ex- extremely inconsistent. And, it, and we could call it down to maybe that's that's how Tom Thibodeau is, is having him go in his system. You could say whatever you want about it. That's not exactly the most – it isn't exactly the most breathtaking um, – eye porn basketball no. that you're that you're ever going to see watching Tom Thibodeau on the offensive end. Yeah. Um, yeah. But is maybe we just have to accept that RJ is just going to be a very good solid player. And that's just kind of it. It's just unfortunate that he's just be, he's being paid like he's a star player and he he may not be that. Agreed. And one and another note on Brooklyn, you look at their starting lineup it's not terrible. Like, and they're all like relatively young. Like, I don't even think they have anyone over 30 years old anymore, other outside of maybe Seth Curry, who's an expiring contract. Like, Claxton is balling this year. Like, yeah. You know, it could be worse. Like, they got some pieces. I, you know, I and think I, what, the, what the Nets did just kind of, you know, put a bow on this and then move on to just more general discussion about the trade deadline. I think what the Nets did was to give Jacques Vaughn an opportunity to really put his blueprint on this team. Because like you said, a lot of young players, a lot of guys that, you know, you had KD, you had Kyrie. They were going to play how they were going to play because, of course, they are KD and they are Kyrie. They are are two star players. But now you have a bunch bunch of guys that really are young players that Jacques Vaughn could mold into whatever he wants them to be molded to be. And I th- I think that's good. I don't think that Brooklyn is just going to you know be a pebble and sink to the bottom of the ocean. Like I don't think that that we're talking about the Nets being out of the playoffs. I think, I still think this is a very very good basketball team. Um, are they a locked in top four seed in the East anymore? Oh, God, no. no, no, they're not. No. But are we talking about them? Oh, that we're saying? Oh my God, the, the Nets. The Nets may not even make the play in. No, that that's ludicrous. That's ludicrous to me. And I think I think it's going to be, and I promise this is it. This summer, I think it will be this summer. Have a hunch. It's going to be New York versus New York for Trey Young. I think so. I don't doubt it. I think it's going to be you're gonna see a lot of leaks of this team is in, to use each team as leverage. I think more so the Knicks has leverage because I think the Knicks have a lot of phobia of missing out to of the course, Nets. Of course, of course. Whereas I don't think the Nets would care as much because they're like, eh, you know, it's a, it'll always be a Knicks town. You know, it is what it is. But I think both are going to be very in play for Trey Young. It's gonna it's gonna be interesting. Well, I th- I think with I think with the with the Knicks too is the final point to your final point is us Knicks fans we survived. You guys getting. Kyrie at KD been there, done that. I don't think it's going to get any worse than that. Like this I, might... I don't think that I've ever felt lower in my time being a Knicks fan. than when the Nets got Durant and Kyrie, that, that was rock bottom. That was rock bottom to me. Cause I, I foresaw championships on championships, a parade on Atlantic Avenue, I I just I visualized it. I was like, this is this is doomsday. Didn't happen by the grace of God. But now, if the Nets are gonna Wally Pip the Knicks to Trey Young, okay, yeah, Trey Young is is a great player, but we survived not getting KD and and, and not getting Kyrie. Global crisis. <laughs> that was the grace of God. Uh, yeah. yeah. So. Enough with the Nets, enough with the Knicks. Let's just talk about the trade deadline as a whole. And let's just let's just do this very simply. One winner, one loser from both of us for the trade deadline before we get into the Super Bowl. Because we have a lot to talk about with the Super Bowl, of course, being on Sunday. So, uh, Jake, you want to give a you want to give a winner first? Because we we spent we've been very negative talking about our team. So we can give a winner. Let's let's uh, let's uh, brighten up our lives here. I'm not going with Phoenix because that goes without saying. Yeah, that goes without um, saying. Yes. I think the Lakers got a lot better and they sure. freed up cap space for the summer and they got trade exceptions for the summer. If they want to waste it with Kyrie Irving, by all means, 
but I think they are in a lot better of a place than they were last week. Um, this may be a cop out answer, but I'm going to go with the Mavs. I think it was it's risky to go with Kyrie because obviously oh. you don't know what Kyrie's going to show up to work. That absolutely a hundred percent cannot take that for granted. But you have a backcourt now of Kyrie and Luka Doncic. That's a that's a pretty nice combination. Now, of course, Kyrie has that history of leaving organizations, good organizations for that matter, in shambles before eventually exiting. Um, but if this was the Mavericks' plan of getting Luka that really solid number two, then they did it because he's going to be he has to be the most credible, good player, great player the best player even that Luca's ever played with while he's been in Dallas. And so, and they're going to need all the firepower that they can get, especially now with the Western conference as loaded as it is. Whew. The, the, the West is going to be absolutely stupid to try and get through. Cause you're the Lakers that got better. You're the Mavs that got better. Uh, the Suns were always good. Now they just added Kevin Durant. You still have the Denver nuggets who are just going to be kind of in, in the pack. The, the Western Conference is just loaded, loaded. Lucas' free agency is going to be the craziest thing we've ever seen in the NBA. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. That is going to top LeBron's free agency in, I think it was, what, 20, 2009? That yeah. is – I don't think he's going back to the Mavericks. And this is step one to alienate Luka from the franchise – it's a lot of stuff for a guy that could leave you at the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah. And then if Kyrie does leave and then he goes to the Lakers, which probably is what's going to end up happening anyway. Or Phoenix. Or Phoenix. Yeah. Or or, or Phoenix. If, you know, if they just decide to, to upgrade from Chris Paul to Kyrie Irving. I mean, what do you have left for, for Luca? I don't know. I don't I don't really know either. Um a loser. Well. Um honestly my big loser is to me you know correct me if I'm wrong here. I don't want to be too negative. It's not what they did, it's more what they didn't do. I'm going to go with a co they're going to be co-losers. What is Chicago doing? And what is Tor- what are the Toronto Raptors doing too? Well, let's start, let's start with Chicago. They didn't move any of their big three. They didn't do anything. This is the they, second they year in a row that haven't done anything on deadline day. I think that team needs a reset. I, I would yes. trade. I would get rid of everyone. I really would. Now, I think with Chicago and then with Toronto as well, obviously the two big pieces that were rumored to be on the move today that didn't happen, well... The one happened to be later in the day, of course, with Zach Levine. But throughout the entire the entire month or so, as we got closer to the trade deadline, it was always OG Ananobi with Toronto. The Raptors end up not making the deal. I would probably say that they expect that those offers are still going to be there in the summer. And they'll be able to move and do what they want to do then but like it's not right it's an, things okay. it's an expiring he's an expiring next year exactly exactly so I, I i don't know what either one is doing i think another one of those stars that we're talking about that could be on the move uh in the summer if toronto does decide that they are really going to just tear it all down uh pascal siakam i think is definitely one that's going to be Highly, highly, highly talked about. If the Nets it's not Trey Young, it's going to be him. Yep, I completely agree. I don't know what Toronto is doing. I really, I don't. And they got a very smart and savvy GM. Yes, they do. I don't know. I don't know. And Chicago, to me, is the team that. I mean, if I had to pick one of them to really start over, it would be Chicago. Yes. I mean, Toronto, I can kind of see it a little bit, but. Chicago, I I don't know, man. I mean, how what what is Alex Caruso still doing in Chicago? No idea how how he did not Vucevic, get today is a mystery. Vucevic is another one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
Weird. I, I would think out of the ones that would stay, I think probably DeRozan would be would be the one that 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 stays. But I would move even that honestly. Does he want to stay? Does he want to stay there? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, and then also, uh, another lo- a loser for me, a team that really just I think traded mediocre role players for more mediocre role players. Uh. What kind of guard help do the Los Angeles Clippers have now? Like, is is their plan that they're just going to go for Russell Westbrook on the buyout market? No, that's that, done. They got Eric, Eric Gordon's going to help them. Sure. Sure, no, he could help them. But Paul George is, is already opening the floodgates to recruit Russell Westbrook. Is that interesting? Is think, that really what's going to help them? Like, I think there's there is more plush pressure on the Los Angeles Clippers to win this year than ever, more than there is on any team in the West. Watch Kawhi in the offseason, too. Honestly, I wouldn't be shocked. Absolutely. If, or even Paul George. I, Absolutely. Know. Like, what did the Clippers, even though they, they have Eric Gordon there, they got Mason Plumlee, great. Did they get better? No. I don't. I, I don't I can't say that definitively. Um they it, got rid of John Wall's contract if you're looking whoopee, for anything. Whoopee. And now he's I, I'm sure you were so upset that he did not go to the Knicks. It, it, there's the buyout market. That's true. But that's true. That Tom Pivot was licking his chops. That might be something interesting, I guess, that they did. Outside of that, I, I can't get too excited. Um by what the Clippers did. I mean, Mason Plumley, really? I mean, yay. Right. right. And even if either they do bring in Rus- Russell Westbrook. I think Russell Westbrook's going to the Miami Heat. I think I got a good feeling about that one. He's always been – I think Russell Westbrook can help a contender. I thought he was playing really well as a six-man with the Lakers. I think he was kind of like the scapegoat. Um, I, I don't think, think he Rus- was everything that was wrong. I think Russell Westbrook is going to be better – if he leaves the Western Conference, I think if you take Russell Westbrook and you move him to a contender in the East, I think he is w- way better off. I said, you know who makes a ton of sense for him? I think the Sixers make a ton of sense for him too. Absolutely, absolutely. You you want to you want to get that uh, a three together of, of in your starting five of Westbrook, Harden, and Bead, or if you want to keep Maxi in your in, in the starting five What's- and you have Westbrook as your six man. Fine. It'll never happen, but honestly, the Suns make a lot of sense for him, too. If the Suns just really want to go all out, yeah. Durant's never going to play with Westbrook again. No, 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 no. no. Yeah. I doubt it. It would be nice. It's it's not happening. No, I I, I don't think so. Um, And so for everyone that put hundreds, if not thousands of dollars on the Phoenix Suns to win uh, the NBA Finals before Kevin Durant got traded last night. The Suns aren't winning the in the NBA Finals, right? <laughs> I'm. I don't know yet. I kind of need to see them play first, but I'm not. I'm not saying definitively they're not. But if I had to pick, it just kind of feels like Boston has to do it this year. Sure. I, I think it kind of has to be Boston. I can tell you, hey, a, a a final of potentially the Celtics and the Suns. Some, you know, I I just have a weird feeling the Warriors are going to figure this thing out in the West. Yeah, because I don't, I, I I don't think the Warriors. A lot of people are saying the Warriors are are done. They're packing it in. Then, I don't think they are. No, I don't know. I think once the games really get start to matter with the Warriors, right? Because even uh, if they make if they make it into the the play in and they win in the play in. And they get in as a seven or an eight seed. You think of Phoenix, or you think a uh, the oh. Clippers. You think anybody wants to play against the Warriors? No. Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh uh. No chance. All right, and that is your NBA trade de- trade deadline. Let's go into the Super Bowl. Chiefs and. The Philadelphia Eagles. Jake, let's just talk about the game, the game as a whole. This really is going to come down to, I think, honestly, Patrick Mahomes and how he fares against 
the best defense in the NFL all season long, the Philadelphia Eagles, and they are stacked in every position. This is the best defense that Patrick that Patrick Mahomes has faced all year. And what it's going to come down to, if he can put up some air yards on this defense, Kansas City has a shot. I think Kansas City ha- being an underdog is just pretty wild to me, if that makes sense. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is an underdog. He's got two weeks. Andy Reid has two weeks to prepare. I think this needs to be positive game script for the Eagles. I think if the Chiefs get out to an early lead of, like, let's say 14 nothing or, like, 14-3, I think the Eagles will have a tough time playing catch-up. Sure. Whereas I think if the Eagles do – I think the Eagles need to control the clock and win the turnover battle to win this football game. Whereas Absolutely. the Chiefs – Without a doubt. If all the Chiefs need to do, in my opinion, to start off hot. Yes. Who – it comes down to who do you trust more throwing the ball? Do you trust Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball, or do you trust Jalen Hurts throwing the ball? Who do you trust more? I trust Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes over anybody throwing the ball, but yeah. Absolutely, with without a doubt. So if you're the Eagles and you get a, get out to a 10 nothing lead right off the jump and then you're able to really control the clock, you're able to control what you want to do, fantastic. You're in a really good spot. But as you said, Jake, if the Chiefs jump out to a 10-0 lead, 14-0 lead, the Eagles got to play with a little bit of urgency. And I don't know if – and listen, Jalen Hurts has made strides this year as a thrower, thanks in large part to A.J. Brown and honestly the job that Harry Roseman has done in terms of really improving this football team. He's done an unbelievable job. But you can't, You cannot discredit that from Philadelphia Eagles' point of view. But do you trust Jalen Hurts and the Eagles to not necessarily abandon the run game? Because they're never going to abandon the run game totally. But they're going to have to be a bit more, I guess, aggressive downfield. And I don't know if that is the Eagles game like it is the Chiefs. Because the Chiefs have to push the ball downfield. Hell, hell, I trust I trust the Chiefs to do it more than any other team in the National Football and, League. And they've been there before. I, I think that definitely means something yeah. in the Super Bowl. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, so, before we get into our props and looking at bets and things like that, Jake, who wins? I like the Chiefs in this game. Give me the Chiefs 27-23. Eagles are one and a half point favorites. The over under for this game is 51. Um, My money is going to be on the Chiefs. I think the Eagles win. I think the Eagles win on a last second field goal. I'm going to go. I'm going to go 28 27. It's fair. I can see it. 28 27. Eagles win last second field goal by Jake Elliott. So, let's go right into the bets, and let's look at uh, some of the spreads over-under. Well, let's, let's just start with uh, with the spread, that one-and-a-half points. Jake Jake and I, I – Jake, you're taking that Chiefs plus one-and-a-half. I am as well. Uh, the over-under, we both have the over, that over 51. So, I would be going for that. So, Jake. Any props, any lines that jump off the page? I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but I think, I mean, how can you not bet Travis Kelsey over over catches? I think it's going to be a big day for Kelsey and Kelsey anytime touchdown. So let me just, let me just pull up uh, DraftKings and I'll yeah, get I should probably have that out in front of me too. That's my bad on that. No, oh please! I I literally just went. I went on DraftKings. I took my I took some notes down, and and that was it. Um, so if I can get the Kelsey line up, if DraftKings wants to sign me in, so Travis Kelsey six and a half catches at minus one eighty four. That's kind of juicy, but I mean to put it in your bad. same game, put in your same game parlay. I like that a lot, and um. Kelsey, wow, there's a lot of props on here. Of course there are. Yeah. I think Kelsey anytime touchdown score. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think Kelsey to score in the Super Bowl is a pretty good bet, especially when he's going up against his brother and 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 all of that. I think it's a pretty safe bet. Um another one another one that I that I like. Um and this was one that I think when you could find if you could find it, and I, I had to really dig deep to find this one. But of course, we're all bending for the Super Bowl, so you could take the time, look through everything. You're going to find it. Uh, shortest touchdown of the game, under one and a half yards. I'd be taking that. In each of the past seven Super Bowls, every last one of them has featured at least a touchdown from inside the one-yard line. Every last one. Yep, I could say it. You, especially you when, want- you have, when you have the Eagles that just dominated the goal line. Absolutely. All you need Jalen Hurts to do is take a snap from the one-yard line, scoot in for a touchdown. And, and by the way, for what it's worth, uh, Jalen Hurts rushing touchdown at – let me just get the the number up here. Uh, da, 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 da. If I can find it, trying to find the, the number on the fly is not exactly the best. But Jalen Hurts rushing touchdown – Whatever that number, whatever that number is, when I can, uh, when I could find it, um, that is one that I I like a whole lot too. Do you think it's more of a Devontae Smith day or a AJ Brown day? Uh, I like Devonta Smith over. I think his number is five and a, and a half catches. Oh, okay, five and a half. I was looking at yards. Um, I like what? AJ Brown under seventy one and a half yards. Am I crazy for that? No, I don't think you're crazy at all. I like that. No, I don't. I don't. I don't mind that at all. Um, I think this is a Devonta Smith day. I think this could also be a, a Dallas Goddard day. And by the way, for all those that were wondering, uh, Travis Kelsey to score a touchdown is minus one thirty-five, and Jalen Hurts anytime touchdown is minus one fifteen. But if you wanted to go first touchdown score, it's plus seven hundred with Hits himself. It's Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, Travis Kelsey, all first touchdown score plus seven hundred. You want another one? Sure. How about Patrick Mahomes under four and a half rushing attempts? Oh, okay. That's spicy. That's spicy. Value. That's definitely spicy. What about uh, at plus 175, Jarek McKinnon to score a touchdown? No, nah, I don't like that. Interesting. I don't like that. Interesting. All, all you need to do is just is, is catch a pass and, and boom, walk in. Bam, there's your win. You, you want my two long shot plays? Sure. First touchdown, I would spr- I'm probably going to. I'm going to sprinkle a little bit on MVS scoring the first touchdown. Nice. And how about this one? Call me crazy. How about Boston Scott at plus 2200? To score first or score anytime? Score first. I like it. On the goal line? Why not? Why not? I like MVS. I feel like they've been going to MVS a lot lately, too. Yeah. Yeah, and it's also helped that, you know, Juju's been, been a little banged up. Kadarius Tony, who's he's been banged up, but both are expected to play. MVS has really had to take a bit of the reins for the Chiefs and, and he's and he's held up. Uh here's one for you that actually you might you might like a whole lot. Um Chiefs score first and the Chiefs win is plus two ten, if that intrigues you. That is pretty intriguing. I don't know about that though. The Chiefs sometimes start off pretty slow. Yeah, they do. Um, yeah, that's all. That that's an interesting one for sure. How about the under on the national anthem? I feel like it always goes under. It always goes under. It always goes under. That would be that would be the one. I would go the under. Um, another one that I like as well. How about Isaiah Pacheco over twelve and a half rushing yard uh, receiving yards? Excuse me. I could see that one. I could definitely see that one. How about honestly? How about I mean, you like the Eagles, you said, right? Yeah, I do like the Eagles. I feel like 31 and a half passing attempts for Jalen Hurts is a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. I, like I, I would I would go I would go for the under on that one. Am I crazy? And this is this is definitely risky to go and do especially when we're talking about Travis Kelsey I do think he scores the cast a really really good game but 78 and a half receiving yards that's a lot would you or is would, it crazy to I'm speculate? not counting Kelsey out 
I don't want to count Kelsey out either, but under 78 and a half at plus 102. The odds are nice. If you wanted to do a little a little sprinkle on that. No, I'm not I'm not taking Travis Kelsey, my man. Um, let's see here. I'm just trying to see um any any fun any any fun ones. Um about, is there anybody how, anybody returning a punt or a kickoff for a touchdown at plus fourteen hundred? No, but I have a good one at plus a thousand. You ready for this one? Sure. You know what we didn't see this year in the playoffs? Uh a fake? No. What? The new overtime rules. Oh. I'm just saying. Is that in the script? Could be in the script. I don't like the scripts. The scripts never favor me in any of my teams. But no, nope, they don't. Um, will there be all? I, I, I plus a thousand. I think that's a solid bet. I don't know. It's not bad. We see the new overtime rules in a Super Bowl for the first time. I mean, wouldn't that be fitting? Yeah. Here's here's a fun one too that I'm just, I'm just looking up here under Super Bowl specials. When we're going off of the whole. Kelsey v. Kelsey thing that we have in the Super Bowl. Any offensive lineman to score one plus receiving touchdown, 3,500 plus 3,500. If we think, if we think Jason Kelsey is going to score a touchdown. Nah, I don't know about that, bro. That's a center scoring a touchdown. That would be, that would be something. Put, put Kelsey, put Kelsey out wide as an eligible tackle. He just, and he runs a route. Oh, that, that, that would be fun. That would be fun. Um, let's see. Here we go. Some super some Super Bowl records. These are all outlandish. Uh, but if you wanted to, uh, any player breaking the passing touchdown record over six and a half, yes, is plus four thousand. Any player breaking the Super Bowl passing yards record over five oh five and a half, yes, plus plus thirty five hundred. Super Bowl receiving yards record, 215 and a half. Yes, it's plus 1,600. And any player breaking the Super Bowl rushing yards record over 204 and a half. Yes, it's plus 2,500. Man, there's a lot of nice props on here. <laughs> the, it, this, this is something that we can we could just sit on just all day long. Uh, but for, for fun, what's the coin toss going to be, Jake? Tails never fails, my man. Tails never fails. That's that's Tails where I'm going. Plus, plus one hundred, sure. Most receiving yards in the game is pretty interesting. I don't know why. I think MVS is going to have a big game. Well, here's I don't know why. There's one that I found at at plus two seventy five. Any player to have over a fifty five yard catch in the game. I don't hate that. I don't hate I don't it either. Think. I don't hate it. At 275, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Um one that one that I don't mind if I'm looking at uh defensive props here. Uh Hassan Reddick over three and a half tackles at plus one ten. Like that a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. Um, but then you have like the the corners, CJ Gardner Johnson over five and a half tackles at one thirty five. Uh, if you want to just be crazy, you have Nick Bolton who's at over ten and a half tackles. That's a lot of tackles, so maybe you take the under on that one. Um, but you know those linebackers, you know they get seven, eight, nine tackles like that. So that ten and a half number uh, isn't isn't too uh, isn't too outlandish. Um, Jake, is there anything else that's that's really that's really Speaking looking at to you me? And calling your name? Yeah. I mean, if you really want to get crazy, over five hundred passing yards for someone, four thousand plus four thousand. I think Mahomes. Yeah, that was five hundred five and a half would 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 break the record. So that's Tom Brady, right? And he lost. Yep, and he lost. And he I'm lost. Just saying. He, here's what that. Uh, we both actually have the overs four, and this could actually be a nice little thing we put in a parlay. Uh, total total team points. Chiefs, their number is at 24 and a half. Eagles team total points is over 26 and a half. 
I, I like both the, both of those overs a lot. I happen to like that as well. And another uh, under that I like, I like Darius Tony under 27 and a half yards. I think he's just like a gadget guy who even yes. knows if he's healthy. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Tr- I, I I'm not going to trust Kadarius Tony with my money. I'll I'll take the under. I'll take the I'll under. T- yeah, I'll take the under there as well. Um, let's just see here. If we're looking at Mahomes yards of first rush three and a half. I kind of like that, even though I like the under in the attempts. Like three and a half yards is nothing. Like that's not a lot. I don't that's know. Vegas is telling you to take. Vegas is trying to bait you to take over, bro. Of course. On that. I like under because because Vegas has read the script. I wouldn't be shocked. They've read the script. Anything else that's uh, that that that's appealing? I think Jalen Hurts throws a pick. I don't have the exact number on that one, but I think he throws one. It is plus one twenty. I think that's a good one. Yeah, sure, sure. All right, Jake. That is it. That is, that is the end of our Super Bowl coverage. Are you are you are you sad that we'll have no no football games to talk about until uh, until September? Not really. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm not I'm sad about be, it either. I'm gonna be complete. You know what I'm looking forward to? Not NBA. You know what I'm looking forward to? What date? You know exactly what date, my friend. Uh you're looking forward to the start of NFL free agency. No, before that, before that, before that, not too far away from that, though. Come on. You got to be you're joking me right now. You got to be joking. What am I missing? Um, I don't know. It's this thing called March Madness. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I haven't even I haven't even thought of that. Yeah. Hey, hey, Coming all sooner I know than is you that, think. Is that St. St. John's ain't looking too hot. No, we're not. We can have a whole separate podcast about, about the St. John's basketball program. We're not we're not getting into that right now. Your, as we as New we York college basketball is looking no, great no, out, no, no, outside no. of St. John's. You've seen no. Hall it looks like they're gonna be getting into the tournament. I Iona. Iona's looking great. Hofstra are in first in the colonial. Yeah. Fordham are looking great. And then you have St. John's. Yep. Well, bro, but yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. Selection Sunday is always a circle date in my calendar, so I can get mad at the committee. There's always like eight. I'm like, are you kidding me? How are they ranked this? Is that you ranked? And then they go home in the first round of the tournament. I love March Madness. Nothing better than sitting on your couch for an entire day watching March Madness. I really, it, 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 much better beautiful. watching football all day. It's a national holiday. Yeah, it really is. The first day of March Madness is just like wow, like. Because it, it it also is I mean my official start to spring really is the first day of the Masters, but the first day when is of the March first day Madness, of the Masters this year. What's that? When is the first day of the Masters this year? It is April sixth because that's not Masters, the start of spring. A little too cold for me. Masters Sunday is is Easter Sunday. Tiger Woods participating in the Masters this year. I hope so. Because you will see me, you will see me give thanks to my Lord and Savior more than I've given thanks in uh, in a long time. If we get to see Tiger Woods walking the storied grounds of Augusta National, I would agree. That's that's a great man. We love Tiger. So, Jake, thank you as always. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Enjoy snacking. What's gonna be the What's gonna be the snack of choice on Sunday, Jake? Probably uh, pizza or wings. I think, honestly, it's supposed to be nice weather on Sunday, right? Yeah, it's supposed to be. I think uh, old uh, Papa is going outside to the barbecue. Love that. Cooking up some ribs as well. Oh, love that. Yeah. Love that. Hey, what, what what's going to be the beer of choice? We stick at the Peronis? Probably Michelob Ultras. Uh, you cannot go wrong. You cannot go wrong with the Michelob Ultra. That is a very consistent beverage. Uh, yeah. Consistent beverage, very good for the heart and for the soul. So for Jake Simone, I am Ed Birdsall. Thank you so much for listening to the Baseball Talk Podcast. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Be responsible. Bet responsibly. 
and we will catch you on the next one. Bye. Bye. Yeah. We have a connection, connection.